Welcome to episode number 24 of Jonathan's Verdicts. I'm Jonathan Simeone. The title of this episode is The Russian Uranium Deal Explained. The verdict for this episode is Hillary Clinton did not trade uranium for donations to the Clinton Foundation. The idea that Hillary Clinton sold uranium to Russia was first promoted in a 2015 book called Clinton Cash. The book was written by Peter Schweitzer, the senior editor-at-large of Breitbart. The connections were later documented in a New York Times article. For this story to be true, two things must have happened. First, Hillary Clinton needed the power to approve the sale of Uranium One to the Russian government. Second, the donations to the Clinton Foundation needed to be made at a time when the deal was taking place. Let's begin with a little history behind the deal. In 2007, Frank Justra, a donator to the Clinton Foundation, sold a company named Eurasia to a company named Uranium One. The new company kept the name Uranium One and was based in Toronto. The shareholders of Eurasia held a 60% stake in Uranium One. Uranium One has mines, mills, and tracts of land in Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and Wyoming. Its uranium operations are in Wyoming. Its holdings allow Uranium One to control about 20% of the uranium production capacity in the United States. In 2014, Uranium One produced 11% of the United States uranium. In 2010, Russia's nuclear energy agency, Rosatom, sought a 51% stake in Uranium One. Since a foreign entity wanted a controlling interest in uranium operations, the deal had to be approved by the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States CFIUS. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission and other federal and state entities. Now let's discuss Hillary Clinton's ability to approve the sale. Under federal law, CFIUS reviews potential foreign investments that raise national security concerns. CFIUS has nine members, the Secretary of Treasury, State, Defense, 
Homeland Security, Commerce and Energy, the Attorney General, and representatives from two White House offices, the United States Trade Representative, and the Office of Science and Technology Policy. CFIUS can only approve a sale. The President is the only person who can stop a sale. The President's ability to stop a sale depends on one member of the committee or the entire committee recommending the suspension of or prohibition of a sale. None of the nine members of the committee objected to Russia's purchase of Uranium One. Jose Fernandez, a former staffer in the State Department, has stated that he represented the department on the committee and that Hillary Clinton knew nothing of the deal. Mr. Fernandez's statement seems consistent with a number of reports that indicate cabinet secretaries aren't regularly involved in the work of CFIUS. Even if you don't believe Mr. Fernandez, you have to see the difficulties behind the story that Clinton independently approved the deal. For starters, she couldn't approve the transaction on her own. In order to get the deal completed, she would have had to convince eight additional federal entities, including six cabinets, to agree. Given the complexity of the deal, it seems likely that several people within each agency had an understanding of what was happening. So, Clinton would have had to convince potentially dozens of people to work against America's best interest and approve a deal so that the Clinton Foundation could raise more money. As cynical as I can be, and given the lack of respect I have for the Clintons, even I find the likelihood that so many people would have helped her direct money to the family's foundation at the expense of the United States laughable. Not to mention the personal liability all of them would face if the deal was truly bad for America's national security. Even if Clinton convinced the CFIUS to support the deal, it still needed approval of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and a number of additional federal and state regulators. Again, the idea that one person could get that many people to approve a bad deal simply doesn't survive the smell test. Now, 
Let's examine the money issue. Reporting suggests that roughly $145 million was donated to the Clinton Foundation by nine people with an interest in the deal. However, roughly $130 million of those dollars were donated by Frank Justra. According to Justra, he unloaded his shares in Uranium One in 2007, 18 months before Clinton was Secretary of State and three years before the deal was considered by CFIUS. Justra's claim that he sold his interest in 2007 hasn't been independently proved or disproved. For those who want to believe the deal was a kickback for the Clinton Foundation, the donations from a man named Ian Telfer are the most relevant. Mr. Telfer, the chairman of Uranium One, donated roughly three million dollars to the Clinton Foundation while Clinton was Secretary of State. Roughly a third of Telfer's donation took place in 2009 before the deal was being considered by the government. In 2010, the year Russia announced the deal, Telfer donated $250,000 to the Clinton Foundation. Add to this reality that the Clinton Foundation didn't disclose Telfer's donations, and the conspiracy theorists have a branch to hold. However, the money angle is only relevant if Clinton had the authority to approve the deal on her own. Since she clearly lacked that authority, the story is nonsense. Before ending this episode, I want to touch on one more aspect that makes this story nothing more than another in the long line of pathetic right-wing conspiracy theories. In order for Russia to control the uranium produced in America, they would need to export the uranium produced in America to Russia. According to the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, no license has ever been granted to allow the uranium to be exported to Russia, and no American-made uranium has ever been sent to Russia. Thanks for listening to episode number 24 of Jonathan's Verdicts. I'll be back soon with episode number 25.